Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. I, I'm going to today, to, uh, and we're going to name this, Living and Eating Kosher. And anytime you use the word kosher, the first thing that always seems to take place is somebody goes, oh, here we go. Oh. <laughs> I was with you, Prophet, till we got to this kosher mess. And after we got, I, I mean, I, I mean, no, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I have to draw a line somewhere. Well, for those of you that may view that like that, and there's some of you in here that, that, that do, there's the most of you in here are eager to go on, to come in deeper into the things of God. I, I, the thing that I, I really want before I start into the Scriptures today to tell you is God is not to be questioned. That's what's wrong now. That's what's wrong in the church. That's what's wrong with all these knuckleheads running around here playing prophet and prophetess and the apostle and this, that, and, well, the back end of donkeys and everything else, is that they, instead of taking the Word of God and just saying, you know, and I loved it because there was a point where the charismatic said, if God said it, that settles it. Okay? Most of you here probably have heard that. But it didn't settle it. Because we begin to pick and we begin to choose what it is that we want to believe that God was saying the truth. Now, I have heard all of my life that from the front of this book to the back is God. Inspired by God and the holy men, His holy word, that they bring it forth. Now, there's a small difference between us and God. He created us. We didn't create Him. In fact, the Scripture says that any thought that we have is downright stupid in comparison to the thoughts that God has. And I think when you back up and you begin to realize that, brothers and sisters, any kind of a God, any kind, well, I like to say person, but He's not a person, all right? that can say, let there be light when there was darkness throughout all this world and it, there was light. We better listen to what he's got to say. We better come out of religion. Religion is a killer. Most of what goes on that's called the church today is a spirit of religion. And there's many, many people come out of that church just to go into another place of religion. Because we pick and we choose, and well, we're you know we're we're going to start to, you know uh, we were coming down here and I, and I think we we what we saw something about the second General Baptist Church coming through town or one of these towns and and uh, anyway, I said yeah, but I think there was a rule where you could not have a third General Baptist, okay? You don't have like one and two, but you couldn't go three. And what always happened in all that? And, and all these things that took place, some of which was revelation knowledge from God that moved the, as the generation moved in. But what actually uh, took place with this thing was somebody, somebody decided that they didn't like 
that portion of what that group of people believed. Okay? And so what do we do? Well, we sow discord, which uh, is an abomination to God, and we talk half into the church going down here to the 4th and uh, and Main Street and getting a building and putting a sign out front, the second church of the righteous. And that's what's happened to us throughout generations. What I have always wondered is why can't we just take God's word for it? Eve questioned God. We can read right there what happened in that mess. He's not to be questioned, folks. We're going to go through this thing. It's, it, it is, it, it's the Scripture given unto Moses for the most part, if not maybe all of it. And this is what God said to do. Now, this is the same God that said, If you will receive my Holy Son, and if you will know that He is my Son, and that He came, and He hung upon the tree and shed His blood for the remission of your sin, so you can get that. If you, if you believe that to be the truth, then how can you not believe the rest of what He says in here is the truth? Are you, are you, are you following me? You can't divide. You can't change. You can't, you can't operate. I just, I just love it. You know, being a Jew, okay, and being a little radical as a prophet, a little bit, bless God, I, I watch religion come and steal. And how often I say, well, show me in the book. Show me where, well, you, well, well godliness is, is, is next to cleanliness, or cleanliness is next to godliness. Maybe that's the way the old saying went. Well, where's it at in the book? It's not in the book. Where did it come from? It came from religion. Just because you came up in an organization called a church and you were taught some things that were right and some things were wrong. You, you, most of you remember what I, 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 I have said, and I haven't said it for a while. Really what I do is challenge you. I want you to take the things that I'm saying that's blowing you out of the water, and I want you to get into this Word, and I want you to study, and I want you to find out for yourself whether I am right or whether I'm wrong. Not just to take my word for it because I said, but don't you come back around me if you don't have Scripture and start whining and bawling like a, like a baby because you're not getting your way because the prophet won't do what you want him to do because that's what you did at the first church of the righteous. It has to have scriptural base. Listen to me, or it does not count. Can you understand that? Saying that, let's uh, go on. Let's go to the book of Psalms. 119, Psalms 119, 119, verse 105, down through 112. Psalms 119, 105, the Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Notice it says the Word is. Not your opinion, not your religion, not the church that you attend, not the preacher that you're listening to. The Word of God is a lamp unto all of our feet, and a light to my path. I have sworn, I have, uh, and I will perform it, that I will keep my righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy word. Except I beseech thee the free will offering of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. Why is he saying, teach me my, thy judgments? Because he doesn't want to be judged. He is saying that, bless God, he doesn't know everything. He's saying that God does, and he knows that God does. So he's saying, teach this to me. 
My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I, uh, uh, do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as a heritage forever, for they are rejoicing in my heart. I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes alway, even unto the end. Now, what we're going to be talking about here this morning, about the kosher laws, if you will, is the statutes. Now, people say, well, you know, the reason they did that back then, the reason that they did it then, because today in the modern society, we don't, we don't need it. That's what I have heard through these years more than anything else. Folks, I'm going to tell you what doesn't impress God is your opinions and your votes. It doesn't impress God at all. His word is eternal. It's forever settled in heaven. And once it has left his lips, he will watch over it to be performed. That's the reason that I have been teaching you throughout the last three years that the word of God is going to do one or two things in your life. It's either going to bless you or it is going to curse you. You have to choose that. In order to walk into the blessings of God, you are going to have to become students of God and this is going to have to become a way of life and not just something you do on Saturday morning to get your kicks spiritually. And if you can't do that, you're in trouble. Because this is, this is life and it's death, and that, that's exactly what, what the Scripture tells us under those that find it. The, the sad thing is, is probably the fact that there are those that, that cannot find this. There's those that are searching. Some of you that are in this room today, you were searching. You were looking. I talked to somebody this morning, and, and all of a sudden, you happened to find this prophet. You want to know something? I've been here, well, for three years anyway here. But you know something? You really didn't find me. God led you. See, God is... God is now, now, you see, my place as a prophet... And, and you see, and I take no one, no one to uh, to raise, and you all know that very well. I'm not into changing dirty diapers. I'm not into bless God sitting around and listening to you ball because bless God, you defile the word, and now you're having to live it. What I'm here to do is to teach you how to become the more overcomers, more than overcomers that the Lord God made you to be. To get you to understand, the devil has no place in your life unless you unless you give him place. But to get you to understand, you have to be hungry for God, and you have to get this religion out of your life. You need delivered! And you don't even know it. You need delivered. Religion is stealing from you because you think. You have an opinion. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't bother spitting in the ocean over it because that's about how much it would mean to God. You have to base everything upon the Scripture. Everything, and yet at the same time, bless God, we you know we we get to we get a little of it. I, you see, I I remember uh, being when I was saved. Then I remember being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, and 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 I also remember before that, everybody told me just stay away from that. You know that that's a bunch of hogwash. That, that you know you you don't need that's for the poor people down the other end of town. You know, don't get involved. But you know something? I wanted the truth. I wanted to go past mainstream religion. You think this is a little past mainstream religion? Yeah, it's a whole lot past mainstream religion. In fact, it's so far past it that they think we went off the cliff on the other side. 
but we didn't. So, so we begin to understand that, that, the, that he's saying here that, bless God, that, that he'll keep these statutes forever. Let's go to Isaiah 66. Isaiah 66. Hey, how about the warm-up here? Like spring, eh? I know that. Threw a little Canadian in there, all right, eh? 66.17 of Isaiah. They that sanctify themselves and purify themselves in the gardens behind one tree in the mist, eat swine's flesh, and the abomination and the mouse shall be consumed together, saith the Lord. Don't sound like much of an ending, does it? Now, now you understand what swine's flesh is. Pig, pork, all right? Now, and we're going to go through uh, some of this. If you're taking notes, and I hope you are, how many brought a notebook to take notes? Lift it up. Let me see. Dear God in heaven, must have got that with the Holy Ghost, didn't you? Huh? No, that old bulldog prophet told us that you better bring it next time, or he may just do what? You know, it's hard to tell. A lot of a lot of bark and no bite. It'll it'll be all right. Write this down. What, kosher means this. All right, it means fit, proper, or correct with what with what God said. That's what kosher is. Fit, proper, or correct with what God said. So, uh, so if, if, if so, there's you know you can say well you don't have to just talk about eating here. Somehow we have used that word kosher to describe the eating habits of the children of God, given and directed and commanded by God Himself. And we've used that. Now a lot of people cringe at the word kosher because it's a Jewish thing. Now listen to me. No, 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 no. This isn't a Jewish thing. This is a God thing. It was given long before there was the tribe of Judah involved to say that that's who that is, and everybody looks at the Jews and does it. You know, that's what I said when I was in Israel that time. I said, look, you're going to have to quit saying that this is a Jewish state. This is an Israeli state. There's 12 tribes here, not just one. This doesn't belong to you, Judah. God honored you, Judah, by saying that he would first bring you back into the land of Israel, 1948, and gave you the distinct honor of guarding this land and keeping this land and dying for this land until the brothers come home. And that's what's going on. It's not a Jewish state. It's an Israeli state. It's our state, okay? So... Kosher doesn't need to be something that you draw back from. Kosher doesn't need to be something that, bless God, you, oh, you know, if you're saying I'm keeping kosher, all the, you know, the family's going to throw me out. They're probably already throwing you out, okay? I wouldn't worry too much about that at this point. Kosher is not going to uh, uh, further that, okay? You're not going to get thrown any further. Now, the main thing, uh, the main thing of kosher is, is not because it's healthy. And, and, you know, we got people trying to, sell that. Yes, it is healthy, but that's not the main thrust of it. Bless God, it's because God said to do it this way. This is what God said to do. Now, again, folks, if God, and I hope you agree, he's so smart, that if in fact that this called the kosher laws were only in effect to them because of where they lived and the sanitation and all, I've heard all this, okay? Now, if that's the truth, don't you think somewhere, somewhere down along the line that Yeshua or the Lord God somewhere, somehow would say, okay, boys and girls, 
you can eat pork now because you're in the modern, you know, century that you live in, and everything's fine. Don't shortchange God. Don't, don't, don't get to believing that, bless God, that God isn't capable. God's not trying to hide this thing. There are some things, and I will get to that one of these, uh, one of these uh, quarters, talking about the hidden things of God, which no, nobody's going to look into until that day. And, and, and some of it is going to surprise you, I'm sure, because there's some of it that we're hearing a lot of people say that, that they, uh, they do, they have looked into that mystery. Well, but, well, but what, what I'm getting at here is that God is in control here. God is doing what he's doing because he's God. God knows the end from the beginning, and that's important, all right? Because the, uh, he knows why he said, eat this, don't eat that. You can eat this, you're not eating that. He knew why. Am I getting anywhere? He's not trying to be mean. He's not trying to do that. But I'm going to tell you one thing that you can mark down. It does make you different, doesn't it? But he said, you are a peculiar people unto me. You are peculiar. Now, I realize I look a little peculiar. But you know what? You're starting to look a little peculiar, too. I know of uh, Sukkot, uh, bless God, we all kind of look familiar and peculiar. And I'm sure that anybody would have driven by that campground would have, would have agreed, okay? What's going on out there? They're running around with a bunch of beanies and capes. And they're talking in some kind of a foreign language. Yeah, that's us. We're guilty. Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastics, the 12th chapter. Ecclesiastics 12. Oh, I'll tell you what. You know, God, God has so much that he's got for us. He's got so much that he wants to do with us, and and bless God, we're you know we're we're just folks, we're just getting we're just getting right down to to the part that's getting good, okay? I mean, um, and and just, like I said, take a deep breath, sit back, relax, you'll be all right. Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen, it says, "Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter." Now listen, he got down, so he did all this talking. He said, "Well, let's just get." Hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. You need to align that. That's the whole duty of man, to fear God. One of the problems we have today is people don't fear God. The, the, the charismatic movement was real concerned because what the charismatic movement was doing was trying to get you and Jesus to be best friends, trying to get you to, to, to call Jesus your big brother, trying to get us to believe that somehow... We had not tried to bring ourselves up here, but we had really brought him down here. And bless God, it didn't work. Instead of talking about the word fear became the word reverencing, that we were to reverence God, not to fear God. Now, that's not what that says. And that word fear in Hebrew means to tremble, to shake, with the very idea that if you don't do the things with God, you're going to die. Well, now, you know, that's not a real good idea in today's church. You couldn't get many members if you told them that we're going to fear God here. We're going to fear Him. We're, we're, going, to, we're going to keep His Word. We're going to understand that He's God. But, uh, but, you know, brothers and sisters, I don't think that probably we as ministers spent enough time trying to explain to you who God really is. He's not us. He doesn't look like us. He doesn't act like us. 
He is the creator of all things. He said, all things I've created, everything that ever has been created and everything that's going to be created, I, the Lord God, have created it. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. But we don't seem to understand that this thing isn't a matter of a choice. The church world today is like a big smorgasbord. You go in, you sit down. Well, I kind of like the preacher. Uh-huh, the people seem to be kind of friendly. But I'm going to tell you one thing. <laughs> when it come down to the way that they took the communion, I uh, wasn't taught that way. Next week, we're going on down to the next church. So really, what we, what we got into was what? We got into judging, and, 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 and bless God, so in, in America, all you have to do is keep looking around until you find, well, listen, what your idea is of the perfect church. Now, today, we realize the perfect churches have forty or 50,000 people in them. They'll tell you that if you ask them, okay? And, 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 and bless God, we're told that numbers like that has to be that the people are following God. And, folks, I'm going to tell you something. People will follow anything. People will follow anything. All you got to do is put the carrot out there, put, put a name on it, and say, come on. And you look around, here they come. But you see, this God that created all this in us, he puts some demands upon his creation. He puts some requirements in, his, in it. And, 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 folks, I'm going to tell you something. This right now is, is a pretty easy sell what I'm doing. You know why? Most of you in this room have been to church, to church, to church. Some of you have become self-proclaimed prophets and prophetess, and you still didn't get anywhere. So you've now decided maybe, just maybe, you were... Remember Fonzie? Couldn't say wrong. Maybe you're coming to a conclusion. You're ready to shut up and sit down and learn something and understand you don't know everything. See, and again, the only place you're going to find revelation knowledge being given from God to are the prophets. And yet everybody's got this, oh, listen to what God told me thing. And the whole thing is going crazy. It's just like a drunkard out of control, weebling and wobbling and, and falling down and getting up and running into walls, not knowing where we're going, but bless God, God's guiding us. And yet when you take this back and go back and you begin to examine this thing, and that's what I'm doing, I'm taking you back and challenging you. I'm challenging you today with what God said about the way that you're supposed to eat. Not whether the way He wants you to eat, but where you, the way that He commands you to eat and the way that it's to be done. Now, kosher and being kosher is, is just like everything else I say, folks. It, it, it's got to become a way of life. Now, I, 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 will, I will say, well, let me read on here, uh, uh, make some more uh, comments, and then we'll read on. Uh, living, let's go to Leviticus 11. I'll use those comments in a minute. Leviticus, Leviticus 11. This is going to be a little lengthy and may get a little boring, but uh, hang in there. It'll, it'll soon pass. 11th chapter of Leviticus, we're going to start in the first verse, and I won't tell you where we're going to end. You might close the book and go to sleep. And the Lord spake unto Moses and to Aaron, saying unto them, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, These are the beasts 
which ye shall eat among all the beasts that are on the earth. Now, that sounds like a pretty positive statement, doesn't it? That doesn't sound like that that's an elective. It does not sound like it's going to change in any time within any future a generation. Whatsoever parteth the hoof and is cloven-footed or split-hoofed and cheweth the cud among the beasts, that ye shall eat or shall ye eat. Nevertheless, these are, are shall, sorry, these shall ye not eat of them that chew the cud, or of them that divide the hoof, as the camel. You don't eat camel, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof. He is unclean to you. So you see how nicely God explained this thing? It wasn't just like, okay, uh, you just don't eat camel. No, he told you why. He gave you, in other words, he gave you the equation and said, okay, if it fits within the, the, within the occasion that I uh, have given you, then you eat it. If it does, our equation, I'm sorry, but it, and if it doesn't, you don't eat it. Okay, and here he's saying, this thing you don't eat, the fifth verse, and the coney. Now, the, the word coney here, this is a type of a, a rabbit. I don't know if you've ever heard of a rock rabbit, but you're not to eat that. Well, wait a minute. And because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean to you. You're not to eat it. And the hare rabbit, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean unto you. You don't eat that. And the swine, the pig, the hog, though he divideth the hoof, he's got a, a split hoof, and, he, and be cloven hoof, yet he cheweth not the cud, he is unclean to you. Now, let me stop there, and then let me try to get you on the page here with me. It's not because they did not know how to process pork back then. No. It's because when he created this animal and when he laid down the rules or the equation in which to place each of them within the categories, whether they be clean or they be unclean, the pig is unclean. Now, that's what God said. He said, you're not going to eat this. If you know anything about Judaism, you know that Judaism has, has uh, uh, well, actually they have uh, three divisions of, of the Orthodox. They have Orthodox and they have the Ultra-Orthodox and then they have the bad boys, the Ultra-Ultra-Orthodox. These are more militant than the Palestinians ever believed about being, but you don't hear much about that. They also have, uh, uh, bless God, uh, uh, the, 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 the Reformers, uh, the Reformation group. Now, they just reformed whatever generation that comes along, okay? Uh, the, uh, the middle group of all that, bless God, as, as being uh, the conservatives, uh, they're kind of in the middle of the thing. You know, they, they, you know, they still... Now, which one of those three groups do you suppose, if you were going to guess, does not eat pig? The, author, the orthodox, I'm sorry. Not even talk about the other two steps of that because that, uh, but, but down here in the conservatives and the reform, bless God, they they all eat pig. They think nothing of it. That, that I mean, they, because why? Because they have done exactly in their way what the church has done in our way. They have decided to bless God that that is the way it is. Remember when I told you that the vision where uh, where they were going to, uh, you know. To redo the Constitution because it was old and it did not pertain to today. 
Well, that, that, that's the same type of a thing that, bless God, that we have done within the church world and even they have done within Judaism. And, and a lot of people don't realize that the, there are those groups and they don't realize, that, bless God, that... Uh, <laughs> and, and uh, well, let's put it this way. When you go to Jerusalem and you begin to see the boys and the girls walk down the street, you don't have a bit of a problem understanding which group is which because the orthodox looks like this, all right? Well, not quite like this. but And then the, then, then the, then the rest of the, the other two groups, bless God, they just look like Americans, all right, the way we see people dress. So the, the fact that it comes down to, uh, brothers and sisters, it is not whether or not you've decided or whether or not that upstate at the home office decided, but it just goes back to what God said. Now, if God said this, and he says to you that, bless God, that you'll not eat it, and, and, and bless God, uh, uh, it, 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 he is unclean to you, then what do we eat at that? It tastes good. Does it? What do you suppose it does taste good? Temptation? Yeah, I don't doubt that one bit. Yeah. You ever go to a barbecue where they have barbecued beef ribs? Well, some of you probably do. Most of you around this part of the country, bless God, they're known for their barbecue ribs, pork-wise. They're known for that. If you go, if you go, bless God, you understand that, that you know if they're having a barbecue. And they're and they're going to they're doing ribs. If you want beef ribs, you better take your own, because they're going to be pork. Which tastes better? I can tell you for a fact, the pork tastes better. But God said, don't eat it. That's where the difference is. It doesn't have anything to do with taste. It doesn't have to do in way way uh, shape or form with the preparation uh, and the difference thereof between when it was back then when God said that and what you're trying to say, brothers and sisters, through taking this type of a of a direction with this thing is you're trying to say that God changes. Then if that's true, how do you know you're saved? How do you know that God didn't somewhere along the line bless God decide that it was only during the day of Jesus and Him being here on this earth and Him dying and hanging on the tree, shedding the blood and being resurrected and then it ended? There's a religion right there. I don't know who would want it, but there is one. How do you know that? Well, I just know that. But now, wait a minute. How? Well, God said so. There you go. That's why you know that. Now, why is it you don't know this? Because it was not convenient to the church world. The church did not want to be uh, uh, by Constantine's mother back in 300 and some, uh, right after Christ had left this earth. She hated the Jews, didn't want anything to be associated with the Jews, and that's the reason I said uh, she uh, changed the, uh, the Sabbath to being Sunday instead of Saturday. And, and, and bless God, within all that, it could very easily be, and I never read this, um, that uh, she decided that uh, uh, this kosher stuff was baloney because, you know, after all, you pray over the food and it, it makes it okay. Where's that at in the book? You're going to break the law of God and you're going to blame it on God? that you prayed, then you wonder why, right? And besides that, they, they know today that uh, scientifically they know that pork is not good for you. Pork is it, 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 it's a killer. And yet we, uh, we consume, you know, it's the other white meat, isn't that what they call it? 
And, and we we can we consume hard telling how many millions of pounds of pork each and every year in this country. And yet, and with that, and many other things, we have such a cancer rate and people dying. And isn't it going to be something that when you, some of them got to heaven, hopefully not you, and you're standing there before the Lord God, God said, you know, you wouldn't be here if you'd done what I told you to do. He said, what was that? He said, don't eat pig. You, that, that, that's, what I'm, that's why I'm here? Yeah, you, you, yeah. He said, oh, you've got to be. You got, no, no, I'm not. Folks, when you defile God, you've defiled God. And when you defile God, listen, there ain't no blessings going to come to you. See, that's the reason I'm trying to get you to understand. In fact, I, I did the thing uh, uh, on, on defilement. And if you haven't been back through that recently, you need, to, you need to go back and study it. For those of you that haven't, you need to get it off the table and take it home and study it. We have to get you out of defilement. We have to get you to walk away from, from defiling God uh, so that the blessings of God can freely flow. The windows of heaven be opened unto you to receive. And if we can't do that, then, then you, you, you see it works kind of like this. One day you're, you're doing all right, so you're, the blessings are coming. The next day you get into defilement. You're going back over here somewhere. Next day you're going up here. But you never seem to be able to go forward and, and get over here and, bless God, be able to receive what God and the fullness of what God wants you to have. And again, it's not God's fault. It don't have anything to do with darkness. It's got everything to do with the lack of knowledge, which the Scriptures tell us will destroy us. It's the lack of knowledge. It's the lack of having a mentor, the blessed God that has revelation knowledge. It's the reason I said, and I think I said it last night, the reason the church couldn't teach you spiritual matters, they didn't have anybody that ever worked in spiritual matters to speak of. And yet they made all this stuff up, and they heard somebody else that had a crowd of 20,000 say it, so that must have made it right, so they made a doctrine out of it. And it didn't work. And you and I both know that it didn't work. Let's go on. Now, number eight. Of their, their flesh shall you not eat, and their carcasses shall you not touch. They are unclean to you. You're not even supposed to touch their carcass. You're not even to touch the carcass. You say, wow. Well, then that's going to be a little hard to raise hogs and sell them then, isn't it? A little bit. A little bit. Let's go on. These shall you eat of all that are in the waters. Now, we're talking about what's in the water. Whatsoever hath fins and scales in the waters. You need to underline this. If it has fins and it has scales, you can eat it. Now, let me ask you this. Does catfish have fins and scales? No. They have no scales. And catfish is king around here. Okay? I mean, my Lord and my God. I mean, they, they fiddler catfish. I mean... All you can eat in the seas and in the rivers, them shall you eat. But nothing else. Okay, nothing else. Now, 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 now let, me, let, me, let me say this. That, bless God, that, that leaves some things out, doesn't it? And all that have not fins and scales in the seas and in the rivers, of all that move in the waters and all the living thing which is in the waters, they shall be an abomination unto you. The death unto you. It's an abomination. They shall be even an abomination to you. You shall not eat of their flesh, 
but ye shall have their carcasses. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, but ye shall have their carcasses in in abomination. Whatsoever hath no fins nor scales in the waters, that shall be an abomination to you. So he says it again in case we didn't get it straightened out. And these are they which shall have uh, shall have an abomination among the fowls. They shall not be eaten. Uh, they are an abomination. The eagle, you don't eat the eagle. The the the, the offerage, which is a, a, a kind of a a type of an eagle, a gear gear evil eagle or something like that, and the vulture, and the kite, which is of the hawk family after his kind. Every raven, after the kind, and the owl you can't eat the owl. The night hawk, the cuckoo, the, the, the cuckoo, and and the hawk after his kind, and the little owl, and the 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 the, the cormorant, and the great owl, the swan, the pelican. And the gear eagle. Now, he says it again, but that other one's a type of that, or at least when I looked it up all those years ago, it seemed to have been. You look it up and see what it really is, I guess. And the stork, you don't eat it. The heron after her kind, and the lapwing and the bat. All fowls that creep, going upon all fours, shall be an abomination to you. Yet these may ye eat of every flying, creeping thing that goeth upon all fours, which have legs above their feet, to leap with with all upon the earth. Even these of them ye may eat. The locust, you can eat locusts. How many's had locusts lately? Well, God said we can eat them, right, huh? Dip them in chocolate, so, well, you know. Uh, and, 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 and bald locusts, now I'm not sure what the difference is. I've not, I've not done a scientific study on locusts. And, and the beetle, you can have beetles. And, and grasshoppers, oh, they've got to be good this time of year. They'll be frozen. Now, I want you to stop and think about something. Now, now there may be some of you <laughs> different people in this room that are into this stuff, okay? But then, on the other hand, there may be some of you in on this, this because God said they're good for you. Well, I'm not going to eat no grasshopper. Well, how do you clean a grasshopper? Listen. Very carefully. Okay? But folks, they must be good or they wouldn't have been put there. Now, you're going to go to the, you know, there are some, uh, uh, some of these health food stores that probably may carry this kind of stuff. You may, you may try it. I, I, I've missed out on it myself. I'm just not much to go out outside. We have a lot of grasshoppers and, and, and this kind of stuff hanging around, but, I, you know, I just really haven't run out and grabbed one and put it in my mouth and, <laughs> don't think I'll be doing that too soon either. But if things really got tough, huh? you could eat these things. And I would imagine the nutrition level on them is out of sight. But why don't we eat them? Yuck! Think about it. Now listen, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get somewhere here. Don't eat pig. You ought to be doing the Yuck! But see what we do, we yuck the grasshoppers. And we eat the pig. That's an abomination to God. God said this over here, you shouldn't eat. See how we're backwards about everything? And after all, how do we know whether it's good or bad until we taste it? It's because of what it looks like, what it may smell like, huh? or what it could taste like in our, in our futile minds. When it comes. But that's not, again, what God said. And, and, you know, when you begin to look at this thing through, these, through the, the eyes of this prophet, you're beginning to realize something, that folks, we may come to the conclusion before the morning's over that we better get with the program here. 
that God's the one that's got the plan. Just because you think it wouldn't be worth eating does not mean it's not worth eating. Let's go on. Now, um, did I get the 23? But all other flying, creeping things which have four feet shall be an abomination to you. And for these ye shall be unclean. Whosoever touches the carcass of them shall be unclean until evening. And whosoever beareth, uh, beareth aught of the carcass of them shall wash his clothes and be unclean till the evening. The carcasses of every beast which divideth the hoof and is not cloven, nor cheweth the cud, are unclean unto you. Every one that touches them shall be unclean. Now remember, this is the carcasses. And whatsoever goeth upon his paws among all manner of beasts that go uh, on all four, those are unclean unto you. Whosoever touches their carcass shall be unclean until evening. And he that beareth the carcass of them shall wash his clothes and be unclean till the evening. They are unclean unto you. Now, you know, after traveling all these years and all these places, I've told this story about being in Mindanao in the mountains ministering in the Philippines and how it was that, bless God, that they would bring a small hand of rice in the evening and, and, and a portion of meat. And, and uh, probably the third night there, the meat was real stringy. You'd, you'd put it in your mouth and you'd pull it and it would just pull out like a string. So I called the... The little guy, I call them the little guys. Not very many places in the world I go that there's somebody shorter than me, okay? So I call them the little guys, you know. I look, well, the little guys. And most of the places, the big guys, okay? And, and so I call the little fellow, and, and I say to him, now he can speak English almost, and I said, what kind of meat is this? And he says, oh, oh, prophet, oh, prophet. He said, I believe, he said, I believe it's, Hog. I said, well, it doesn't taste like hog. I believe, prophet. I believe. So the next night, bless God, they had leftovers because I didn't eat any more of what I had, and they bring it out again, and I'm hungry. I mean, you know, as Americans, and you can look at me, I don't, you know, I don't miss many meals. And, and, and bless God, out come this little hand of, of rice, and, and out come this little, it was a leaf. I mean, they don't have plates, so they just tear a nice big leaf off the tree, lay it down, and here's this meat. I said, well, I'll try it again. So I took it, and I did the same thing, and I called the guy, and he said, oh, he said, I believe it's pork. I said, no, 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 no. I said, I know what pork is, and pork's not kosher to me either. I said, what is this? He said, oh, pork, pork, oh. You know, he hated to tell me. It was rat. That's really not kosher. <laughs> See, I would like to put... I'd like to put uh, uh, you know, the degree upon kosher, that one's way down there somewhere. Before I left the Philippines, after after I left, uh, when I was back in uh, uh, one of the cities at the airport, finally the pastors told me what I had eaten while I was there. I had eaten rat, I had eaten dog, I had eaten monkey, and I would eaten cat. Yeah. Grasshoppers don't sound too bad after that. Right? Don't sound all that bad if you if you say it quickly. <laughs> and I can tell you right here, if I had a rat sitting there in a grasshopper, I'd, I'd I'd grab that sucker and eat it. I mean, without cleaning it or whatever you do to it, butchering it. I, what do you do with a grasshopper? 
Now, see, some of you have scientific mind, nature. You're going to go home, and I'm sure I'm going to get an entire book sent to me on how to prepare a grasshopper for frying, eating. Be good. I'd like to learn. Stand back. There's more. Now, he goes on to say in 29, These are also be unclean unto you among the creeping things that creep upon the earth. The weasel. You can't eat the weasel. We have weasels around here. The mouse. Oh, shucks. Huh? And the tortoise after his kind. Now, now uh, uh, you know, we have, we have not as big a tor- uh, tortoise uh, population anymore because of all the insecticides, but we, we, we have them and people... People have been known to eat them here, in fact, quite often. Uh, the snapping turtle, which isn't a tortoise, uh, has, I think, nine different types of meat uh, on it. And you can distinctly taste nine different tastes. Now, I never tasted any of it because, you know, growing up, and, and my great-grandmother, was uh, she was very, very uh, vocal about what to eat and what not to eat, and, and you're not eating turtles, okay? That was, that was all that. And it didn't matter what was in the book or wasn't in the book, by the way, of that, but uh, you just weren't going to eat it. So he goes on, and, and he goes on to explain here uh, that, that, that you're not to eat, uh, eat the, the, the chamelin and the lizard and the snail and the mole. Now, there are people, you know, that eat snail. Now, I mean, I have, I have, I have, actually, I have actually heard... Uh, bless God, the, the uh, people that bless God, and, and you go places and buy snails. I I can't remember where I was at, somewhere here in the states, and we went by in some health food thing, and they had a, a a jar of snails, and I thought, boy, that looked yummy to take on the airplane. You know, ask the people next to you want a snail. Um, I'm I'm sure they would, you know, be 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 forever grateful that they were asked. And upon whomsoever any of them, uh, bless God. Uh, uh, wait wait a minute, I'm sorry, I didn't get it all. Did a, a 31, these are unclean to you among all that creep. Whosoever doth touch them, when they be dead, shall be unclean until the evening. And upon what, who, whatsoever, any of them, they are dead, doth fall, it shall be unclean. Whether it be any vessel of wood or raiment or skin or, or, or sack, whatsoever vessel it is, wherein any work is done, it must be put into water and it shall be unclean till the even, so it shall be clean or cleansed. And every earthen vessel whereinto any of them falleth, whatsoever is in it shall be unclean, and, and, and ye shall break it. Now, this, this is the part here where most of the church world says, ha, ha. You see, that's all they had to cook in. And, and especially when we get into the divide and hear the, uh, you know, the dairy from the meat that we're going to get into, that you don't mix those things, that, 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 that because the, the porousness of, of that, of the, that clayton vessel, uh, then, bless God, when you wash it, you don't, you can't wash it out. In other words, still in there. And that's the reason God said not to eat, eat, uh, pig, because if you ate pig, evidently pig. Now, see how people make up stories, evidently pig is worse than, and, and you know when they get in, but today we've been delivered of that because you know today we've got all this Teflon cancerous pans to cook on, right? Oh boy, don't get me started on that thing. And 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 so uh, and so again, what are we doing? We're trying to change God's mind. No, you're not going to change God's mind. What you're doing is trying to bless God, pacify your religion. 
you're trying to pacify yourself into believing that, bless God, that that's ridiculous. Why would there be all the barbecue pits around? Huh? Come on, Deckard. How come our biggest, biggest place in town is the barbecue pit, they call it? And you think, that, and you think, and you're trying to say that, bless God, that, 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 that you can't go there because God don't want you there? Especially how good it tastes. How good it smells. Huh? That's really where we're coming from. That's really, that's really the direction which we, which we, we have chosen to go. Well, let's get on here so I can get through this thing. Now, it says 33, and every, every earthen vessel wherein any of them falleth whatsoever it is, it shall be unclean and shall be, and ye shall break it, get rid of it. Of all meat which ye may eat, may be eaten, that on which such water cometh shall be unclean, and all drink that may be drunk in in every vessel, in such vessel shall be unclean, and everything whereupon any part of their carcass falleth shall be unclean, whether it be oven or ranges for pots, uh, they shall be broken down, for they are unclean, and shall be unclean to you. In other words, what God is saying, any that, anything that touches anything that you drink out of, anything that you're going to eat out of, your body itself that's unclean, then, then bless God, it's unclean to you. You, you. you don't do it. And in fact, he's saying, in today's jargon, if, you, if it happens to get in a glass or a bowl, you break it, throw it away, get rid of it. Nevertheless, a fountain or pit, okay, meaning a cistern or a well, wherein there is plenty of water, shall be clean, but that which touches their carcass shall be unclean. And if any part of their carcass fall upon any sown seed, which is to be sown, it shall be clean. But if any water be upon put upon the seed, and any part of their carcass fall thereon, it shall be unclean unto you. And so they get right down to, you know, the seeds that are going to be planted in the ground have to be clean. Now I wonder now if, if uh, what that's all about with all the process and all the all the stuff that we're doing to our seeds that that won't re, that will not reproduce of its own kind anymore. Most of which won't because genetically they've done what they've engineered it and bless God they're blessed with it and and then we're trying to eat it. Well, let me just tell you folks something, and I mentioned just a little touched on a little last night. We're working on some things where the, the, our, this community, the community of Ephraim is going to have wholesome vegetables and wholesome herbs. And, and I'm talking about where, where the, some, one of the brothers says, where a pepper really tastes like a pepper again. Okay? And we'll get to all that one of these days and talk about it. So 39, And if any beast of which ye may eat die, he that touches the carcass thereof shall be unclean until evening. In other words, you can't touch anything that, that, that bless God, that has died, whether it be clean or unclean. And he that, 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 that eateth of the carcass of it shall wash his clothes and be unclean until even. He also that beareth the carcass of it shall wash his clothes and be unclean till even. And every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth shall be an abomination. It shall not be eaten. Whatsoever goeth upon the belly, now these happen to be snakes, and whatsoever goeth upon all fours, these could be lizards, and whatsoever hath more feet among uh, among all creeping things that creep upon the earth, them ye shall not eat, for they are abomination. Ye shall not make for yourself an abominable with any creeping thing that creepeth, neither shall ye make yourselves unclean with them that ye should be defiled thereby. For I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore 
Sanctify yourselves, and ye shall be holy. For I am holy, neither shall ye defile yourselves with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Now, that sounds like God talking now, right? For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Ye shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. This is the law of the beast. Named that the law of the beast. Well, no one would ever want to get it, listen to it, because they wouldn't even know what it meant. But now, listen. This is what he said: This is the law of the beast, and the fowl, and every creeping creature, uh, creature that moveth in the waters, and every the, every creature that creepeth upon the earth, to make a difference between the unclean and the clean, and between the beast that may be eaten and the beast that may not be eaten. He said, "This is a law." Can I say this again? This is a law. That God made. This isn't uh, this isn't the bless God. It's not uh, A B C D or any above. This is a law. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Shemalah, <laughs> 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 <laughs>